Welcome to Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Here is your host, David Ponraj, founder and CEO of Economic Impact Catalyst. So, so let's get started. Uh, talk to me a little bit about kind of the co-starters model and why this is so critical for economic development. Yeah, so I think it, in, before we get into the model, it's like, why is co-starters important, right? And so like the, the thing that I always say, right, is that there's a lot of investment happening in the tech space, innovation space, AI, you know, uh, health and science, robotics, fintech, all that kind of stuff, right? And the, the, the thing is that there's all these accelerators that come into these cities that build these things. And unfortunately, what we've seen in smaller cities, towns, metro, micropolitans, right? You know, cities with 500 or less, if that they don't have the infrastructure, um, those businesses that got started there don't create jobs. That they do, but then they leave because the uh, you know the goal is always acquisition, right? Or or IPO, and so it's always to sell to the next higher bidder or the next investor that's going to give. Um, it's going to give, you know, the, the 10x return that they're looking for. And so because of that, um, you know, it makes it really hard. And so it really hurts a community in not creating those jobs. And we think those jobs are high paying jobs. Great. They are. Um, but if you don't have an infrastructure, right? So, so then those jobs leave and then the local community is hurting because now you have a, a little bit of high unemployment and they're trying to find those jobs. So that's one challenge, right? The second challenge is when you're doing attraction and retention and, and expansion, you know, those businesses that want to come to your city or, 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 or grow in your city, they need community. They need culture, right? So I always talk about Toyota in Frisco, Texas, right? It, you know, they looked at their, um, at their workforce and they said, okay, what do you guys need? Well, we need good schools. We need coffee shops. We need breweries. We need restaurants. We need shopping. We need all those things that that community needed. And so when they were doing this stuff, they wanted to make sure that, that that was all available for them. And so when we look at cities that don't have that culture where their main streets is not really vibrant or they don't have um, the infrastructure for creating a culture that will entice these high paying job professionals to, to come and live there, it makes it really hard. Right? Now, more than ever, we wanna be more connected. We, we are connected worldwide but we also want to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship. So you bring all those things together and who creates that culture, who creates those small business or those, those jobs in those small businesses or in the small communities, it's the creatives, the makers, the idea, the, the idea people, right? The visionaries. And so, but there's nothing out there for them, right? If so back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if somebody wanted to start a business, a small business, a, a brick and mortar business or a side hustle, They'll be like, well, go to the SBA or SBDC or the chamber and, and nothing against those organizations that, but they're not positioned to help startups. That's not what they were intended to do. And so they're trying to give them the same tools that you give a business to grow, to help them get started. And those are very two different mindsets. And so, um, what co-starters decided to do is like, well, what can we do to take the best things that's happening in the tech accelerator world, can we simplify, and we have simplified that model, give the individual, the starter, a roadmap 
to think of an idea, validate that idea, start with that idea, and grow with that idea. And so we're walking them through a process. And so this is why it's important for cities to invest in the small businesses. And also the stats say it, right? So over 60% of the jobs in that in a community come from small businesses. It's not just restaurants and and you know in a, in a retail stores. It's it's all kinds of businesses. It's marketing agencies. It's copywriting. It's all these different things that we don't really know. Um, but like so, that's one reason. The second reason is that if you actually look at your biggest employer in the community. If you actually spend the time to look at their supply chain, you'll see how many small businesses interact with that big business or that big corporation. So it's all interwoven, but we've only put our dollars into one space because we think that's going to give us our biggest ROI. And to be honest with you, I disagree with that. I don't I don't think that gives you the biggest ROI, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> well, well, let's have one part of that conversation today, right, which is um why economic development needs to take into account small businesses. And I think you and I both agree that really the big challenge here is the data, right? Is that if they knew, right, through numbers, then, you know, uh, it's hard to deny that. And uh, while, you know, it won't drive press, it will definitely help the mayor's office and the local uh, councilmen and councilwomen really understand, like, well, this is truly driving economic impact. So can, can I stop you with something about there about press? It yeah. won't drive press. Um, I think it drives press, right? Because yeah. what does everybody want to say? Like, I want to be the next Austin. Well, how did Austin get started? <laughs> right? Like, so they had a university, right? They had some businesses, but they started with just creating a food culture. That was one of their big initiatives. Food culture, art scene, all this different stuff, inviting artists and all that kind of stuff. Now it's a big tech hub but you're also elevating everybody to be in there, right? And so uh, I would say from a press standpoint that if you're doing something exciting, people want to be like you. So I think it's just yeah. a different well, story. <laughs> yeah, and I'll actually take, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's another point that also doesn't get told, which is that uh, economic development is about capturing the imagination. Mm -hmm. It's about the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Right. So while it might not drive press in the sense it's not driving the Amazon HQ2 headline, right? It is at the end of the day, with good storytelling, you can capture the imagination of the community. I'm actually working with a small town right now on their kind of visit the city uh, branding. And you know, I'm really encouraging them to go find those uncommon businesses and tell the story. Right. Like the storytelling is another big element that mm -hmm. I'm sure you're seeing in your line of work, that the untold stories of those everyday heroes is where is why we don't think it drives press. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit more about uh, some of the successes that you've seen with the co-starters model, uh, specifically around how it drives economic development. I, I'm sure you see this every single day in hundreds of stories across the country on how uh, a small business owner has been able to create um, generational wealth for their families uh, by taking an idea mainstream, mainly by working through the co-starters model. Could you share some of those uh, success stories with us? Yeah, so I'll share some big ones. I'll share like one or two big ones and I'll share some like two small ones. One from an economic development standpoint, like a, a city-wide initiative, and then 
I'll talk to you about kind of the two different stories of people that have generated uh, wealth for their families and, and how it's impacted their city, but also how if the city's not prepared to support them, how it can really hurt. So, um, so the first the, the first organization, right? And so this is the first one is a non-traditional economic development organization, right? There were a ministry that was doing workforce development that moved into entrepreneurship. And for the, it's called Corner to Corner out of Nashville. And um, it, their, their, their entire emphasis was to support a, a marginalized community that wasn't being invested in, in the Nashville area. And so the individuals partnered with us and, and to do the work out there, you know, they first started supporting 10 businesses, right? The next year it was 30 businesses. Well, now they support over 300 people when starting businesses in that community. And they're starting to grow out around it, right? People are wanting to come in there. Well, you know, so anybody can go into co-starters.co and look at our success stories and they'll find this specific one. What, I mean, the community. So this was, wasn't any investment from the outside community. The community reinvested either a million or 10 million. I think it was 10 million. I have to go back and look at it. $10 million in economic impact in that community. The people from the community did that, right? It wasn't the city giving them, you know, the city supported some things here and there, but it wasn't like, hey, the city's going to give you this much. No, it was businesses getting started in that community and then a business saying, hey, I need you. I need this. And so somebody starting another business to support that business. And it was just a supply chain effect that happened. It's like a multi multiplier effect. Yeah. Uh, wow. And that's $10 million of kind of one business helping another business. And that business helping another business yeah. and then creating jobs. And you had mentioned that too, that even big suppliers, big agencies, when they come into a town, they're looking for those small businesses to supply them, right? Yep, yeah, exactly, right. So that's an amazing story, right? Then another one is Startup Sioux Falls and in, in Sioux Falls, uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, they've been with us for three years and, you know, they got an SBA Navigator grant, you know. And man, what, what the powerful thing that was happening, like just a little bit of money and what they were able to do. So they were able to reach their 10, uh, their 10 adjacent cities um, around them, right? To really do an accounting initiative, uh, supporting Native Americans, African-Americans, Hispanic, Latinos, rural communities, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, man, they supported uh, 200 businesses to get started. And, and, you know, rightfully right now they've created between, you know, we're trying to look at the numbers are between 300 or 400 jobs within that structure, right? So one, one and a half to two jobs per, per business. The thing though, is that they've also revitalized this entire downtown area with more local businesses. And it's attracting now some of the tech innovation that wants to move into that area because they're doing some really, really cool stuff out there. And I mean, all places, they grew their population by 5%. Now, we can't say it's directly correlated to that, but everything plays a part of it, right? So if you didn't have that culture, would people move there? Maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be 5%, you know, a 5% increase in population. Maybe it would be 2%. But that 5% increase in population, right? So let's say it's 5,000 people, 10,000 people. The tax revenue that's going to come from there for the city is, 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 is it's, it's a gain. Right. Not only from the people that are moving there, from but from the businesses that are getting started. Right. And the, the, the building projects that are getting done every single time I go to South Dakota, they're building a new a new building and something new. Right. And so you're, you're seeing the dollars going in there. So I think part of those successes is being as being intentional. Uh, I would say what's the common thread with those stories 
is the mayors are involved. The mayors have a long 10 year plan, right? Uh, West Palm Beach, same story, you know, um, you know, there's other chambers in other communities, Lynchburg, you know, Lynchburg, Virginia, same story, right? Everybody just has the same, the mayors, it usually starts with the mayors who can give this long-term vision where the city council people, the city, the community gets behind it, right? So that's one, right? So now let me talk about the entrepreneurs themselves, man. Um, so there's a group in Birmingham, uh, you know, this one, I remember this one really well, is somebody who started with a bakery store, you know, and then it started employing people. It started really, they were the anchor that was revitalizing their, their neighborhood. And they're like, hey, we need a restaurant. She's like, sure, I'll do the restaurant. And so now she employs like, I think 20 to 50 people. It, it always, you know, depending on the season, but somebody from Coasters who just needed the tools, the support, the resources to invest in that, right? Now she has a bakery, a restaurant, I think that a second, um, like a to-go store. And I think she's building something else. And I think they're gonna build a catering business. So amazing stuff, right? Um, and then the other one um, is Felicia. You can see her story again on the Coasters website. Um, she man her story is powerful so you know and, and this is what i want you guys to think about right for, so any people that are listening from economic development right oh entrepreneurs just need to like be business people no like entrepreneurs are anybody so felicia johnson was a registered nurse and her son um needed cpr at her home and she literally as a registered nurse forgot how to do cpr in that moment of shock and she's like, I don't ever want to go through this and I don't want any mother to go through this. So she created this little pocket thing where you put it out and it tells you step by step what to do in the CPR. So moms can carry it, can be at schools and everything. So she created this. She went through co-sorters and different stuff. And I mean, now she's killing it with like over $2 million in sales. But, you know, she started in a city and a lot of people didn't support her. And she ended up moving. And now she's created, I think, you know, 10 jobs in another city that will support her <laughs> uh, to go through that, right? And so, yeah, and you're like, okay, 10 jobs. I'm like, yeah, but that's one person. Imagine if you supported 100 Felicia's, not every single one's gonna create 10 jobs, but let's say 10% of them do, right? So 10 of them create 10 jobs, right? And everybody else creates on average 1.8 to two jobs, right? So those 10 businesses that created 10 jobs, that's 100 jobs, that it comes from your local community. And if one of those businesses dies away and doesn't work out, you only lost 10 jobs. You're not losing a whole entire industry or sector in that space of 100 jobs. And, and, and I think that's the way that we can look at it, right? Now, traditional economic development shouldn't be doing this work. They don't, they don't understand entrepreneurship, right? But they should invest in it, right? And find the local leaders in the community that know how to work this, that know how to bring those those crazy visionaries, idea people who want to solve problems in the world, come together and give them programming like co-starters to help them succeed and then really create an ecosystem that every idea has an opportunity to succeed. Um, and I think that's where economic development can really play a, a role in saying, hey, we're going to support all ideas, high growth and lifestyle, doesn't matter. Um, we want to help you grow your ideas. And when you look at cities that that are thriving, that's what they do really well. If you look at cities that are not thriving, um, there's some challenges that, that they need to look at. So talk to me a little bit about how you help uh, really small rural communities as well, right? That's another thing that uh, I've loved about the, the co-starters model because they don't have many resources to start with. 
But bringing somebody like co-starters, combining education with networking, with a sense of camaraderie uh, in a rural town, which already is a very close-knit family, I think can really help businesses get off the ground. Talk to me a little bit about kind of rural and small towns Mm -hmm. and how Main Streets and how co-starters works with a lot smaller uh, communities. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I want to say that like Main Street and and Chambers of Commerce have really stepped up in the last couple of years in helping these small rural towns. I, I think they're the biggest cheerleaders for these smaller towns and rural communities. And so I just want to say that because um, what I'm about to say, um, you know, they may be like, well, well, I'm doing the work. So they, they, they are like they I mean, the last I mean, a, a, before COVID, they were doing amazing work. So you know, credit to to just chambers across the country and, and Main Street American really supporting and creating the economic vitality initiative. So a couple of things, right? So yes, you said it, you hit it on the nail. They don't have a lot of resources, but also the community may not have that mindset of entrepreneurship. There's sometimes that I go into community and they're like, bring me a job because that's what they've done, especially in the, in the heartland, right? Um, you know, where I was all, you know, traditional industry, uh, industrial, or, you know, the industrial age. So they're like, bring me a job. And, and, and well, the jobs that they get aren't as good paying as the, the, the industries that we're in before, right? Uh, you know, because for many political reasons, unions and all that kind of stuff, right? So there's a change of mindset that needs to happen to show the community that entrepreneurship is a way forward. So how do you do that? So that's where, you know, where coasters can come in is helping these communities create a, a long-term vision but taking one step at a time, you know, because this work is a lot of work and and entrepreneurship is a lot of work. And this idea that I can run from zero to 100 in my first step is ridiculous. But that's how we think as humans. We want to get to the end right away. Well, the same thing with with cities, right? Like, hey, you're not going to build that vision that you have in the next three to four years. I I know that's probably a political aspiration. But just be realistic, right? And so that's what we do is like, hey, let's let's bring it down to realism. Um, what do you like, what are your priorities, right? And they'll say, We want to see a few businesses in our storefronts. Great, awesome. Where are you at right now? Well, we have a we have a an SBDC director coming once a week. Okay, that's not good enough, right? So who's supporting businesses right now? Oh, well, there's this little meetup happening where they're oh, in the main street. Okay, great. So we're really helping trying to identify who's supporting those businesses. And what we do is we give them uh, we give them tools and resources, right? So how to create business meetups, how to create pitch competitions, all that kind of stuff that creates the energy and the removing the fear of getting started, right? That's the first step. It's like, how do we remove the barriers to helping people just get started? Just try something. If it fails, so what? You know, just try it, you know? And how do we do that? The next step is now that there's an energy around entrepreneurship, we bring in all the technical support. So programming, curriculum, coaching, mentoring, but not only like where Coasters does it, is we actually find the business leaders in that rural community to train them, develop them, to execute on the programs because they have the trust of the local community. Also, we're allowing, we're, we're empowering, not allowing, we're empowering these business leaders to play a role in economic development. We have a community that the, the economic development is a bunch of business leaders working together, right? Because the city doesn't have one. And, and they're about to build a chamber, right? Because they're like, all right, that's what we need. It was the business leaders, but we empowered them to say, stop focusing so much on your business, but let's help everybody else out. So we empowered them to do that. Um, 
and then we bring the technical assistance. So there's different stages. So people can go to co find the stages of community growth or stages of ecosystem growth. And we have each stage that we say like, hey, build this, then this, then this activity. And there's co activities at each stage, but also other free resources, right? Like 1 million cups or, um, you know, the, the, the tech star startup week, you know, that anybody can do, right? Um, there's stuff, a, lot, a bunch of youth stuff, right? There's creative mornings. There's different stuff that they can get started and start doing smaller before we start bringing in technical assistance. Because if we start with technical assistance and people don't understand it, it's going to be overwhelming. That's the way, yeah, it's going to be overwhelming. And so how do we mitigate that and take one step forward, right? And so what we say is we help entrepreneurs and cities find their best next step, this one step at a time, moving towards that end goal. Talking about, you know, the economic downturn and businesses started and now that we're kind of hitting another downturn, but this time, you know, it's more on the liquidity side versus on the first one, it was not liquidity, we had actually a lot of money, right? So where do you see in your communities, where do you see this leading, you know, especially over the next 24 months? What are you hearing from your uh, small businesses and from the business leaders in terms of the headwinds that are coming in? You know, what uh, tips do you have for economic developers on how they can support their businesses, kind of navigate this? Yeah, that's a great question, right? So I would say three things. One is any federal grants or foundation grants that you get to start something should always be to test that model or to get started. It should never be your income generator, right, to do this kind of work, right? You need to find other Sponsor. And it's not sustainable. It's not right? sustainable, right? And, <laughs> yeah, and, what, yeah. and that's not what grants are for. Grants are to learn, to understand, or to start, right? Not to maintain a job, right? Like, I, I think this is the clearest way that I can say it. Like, grants aren't there to pay your salary. So let's learn that. Like, grants are there to help you test, research, and start stuff. That's what they want to give money out for. And this is, doesn't matter if it's federal, if it's state, if it's local, if it's the foundation. It, it's all the same. So the next step is, well, building the relationships, right? So banks have uh, the, the Community Reinvestment Act dollars that they have to spend. And in rural communities, I can't tell you how many banks tell us, we don't know how to get rid of this money. <laughs> they have hundreds of thousands of dollars that they need to get rid of. But here's the thing, right? I, I think with a lot of cities or nonprofit organizations that want to get into entrepreneurship, right? Entrepreneurship port organizations, whether it's universities, nonprofits, cities, economic chambers, they're like, well, I have my vision. You need to do it my way. And, and that's not a partnership. A partnership is like, hey, bank, what do you want to see? Well, we want to see more people banking with us. Great. We can do that. We'll get you. How many do you need? A hundred people. Great. Over how much time? Three years. Great. That's your initiative. How you do it, the banks don't care. They just want to see people banking with them and having successful businesses because banks know. Uh, there was a study out there. 75 of the banks say, what's the entrepreneurs need more help with? Coaching and mentoring. Now, they say coaching and mentoring. What they mean is coaching to be ready to grow their business, right? Not like like because now everybody's like, oh, I got an LLC and I got a bank account. Okay, well, what, what's good if you don't have a, a, a validated business model to actually grow? And so they're will they're wanting to invest in this stuff, and those uh, CRE dollars don't just need to be giving out loans or grants. They're actually there to also do technical assistance. So in 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 every community that we're in, that has worked with their banks to get CRE dollars, um, they get them every year. They probably even increase it. The bank sees the success, and they keep giving them more. So so 
you have grants, and then you have CRA dollars with the banks. In conjunction with the bank, sponsorships. The banks want to sponsor, right? You just got to put their name up there, you know? And and the sponsorship, I think it's, it's, it's all about relationship building, right? Call it sales, business development, whatever you want to call it, but create sponsorships, right? Now, if the city's going to do this, it needs to be under an initiative, right? We're building this entrepreneurship initiative called X, whatever, right? So it's a separate organization and it goes into there because, you know, cities can't get the sponsorship, but if they build an initiative underneath it or work with the chamber to build an initiative, whatever it may be, then the banks or the banks and the businesses, other businesses will be willing to sponsor that momentum, right? And you get 10 sponsors, that's, you know, give, you get you get 10 sponsors to give you $10,000 a year, which is nothing. It's $100,000. In a small rural community, man, that's, that's a lot of money, right? Uh, but we got to do some research. Who loves our community? Who was from our community that left that wants to reinvest in our community? Who can, you know, and it, it's getting out of your office, going and talking and you know, understanding these people. And it's hard, but that's that's my suggestion. So grants, CRA, sponsorships. And the last one is your community. You know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, people that go to events and see co-starters, graduates pitch their ideas and get funding. They're like, can I sponsor the next person? Like they have the means. They don't want to, they don't, can't sponsor everything, but like, can I sponsor the next entrepreneur? You know? And so looking at individual donors to invest in that and telling that story. So going back to the story that we started, that we started talking to earlier, that's how you tell the story. You know, it's everybody's coming together and rallying around to, to support the community. Right. And that's what makes it exciting. Right. And so when you see a coffee shop succeed in the first day is because everybody and their mother told them about the coffee shop that succeeded. Right. And and you, you just build this relationship, this 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 affinity, this this bond. You're not no longer a customer. You're a patron. Right. Which is a very different concept. Right. And so um, those are the four things that I would say. Um, it's hard work, just like any other entrepreneur trying to find sustainable uh, recurring revenue. So do we have to do the same thing? And then, you know, go to your cities. Can we can we put some tax dollars into this, right? How amazing would it be that a city says, hey, we're going to put some tax dollars back into the community. Instead of saying, we're going to take tax dollars and what happened in my city, I won't tell you what city it is, uh, but you probably find, learn real quick is, oh, we're going to take $1.5 million and give it to Techstars. People's tax dollars, giving it to Techstars to bring businesses from the outside and no jobs are created. When you can, when you can use that money to help the local businesses, yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, as we wrap up here, two questions. One, uh, how can economic developers connect with you to bring co-startists into their community? And two, if I'm a small business listening to this, how do I find co-starters in my community and join the program? Yeah. Because uh, you know, I, I think this is fantastic. Like, uh, I, I wish every city had a co-starters in their city, right? Like one million cups. Mm-hmm. If they can take this to every single city and says, hey, if you're trying to start, here is your front door, right? How do cities buy this program and then how do entrepreneurs find the program in the city? Yeah. So the first thing is every city is different and unique. And so I want to tell everybody that's listening, like, my first part is just get a, just get on a call with me. I want to make sure that co is ready for you. One of the things that I pride myself is in that is, um, you know, I just don't want to make the sale to make the sale. I want to make sure this is a right fit and I want to have a long-term partnership with you. So you come and set up a discovery call. We'll talk about all the tools that we have and then we'll talk about your your city, your community, your town, 
and what the biggest needs are so that we can create a plan that works for you and in a in a in a price that is that is uh accessible and equitable for everybody right so they can go to co-searchers.co set up a discovery call you'll talk to me i'm, I'm the architect which is what i say um or you can follow me on linkedin i usually post up there on linkedin and uh, I'm at AD, I'm at every EI, IEDC conference out there. So if you want, if you go to IEDC, give me, you know, giving Nathan some props there. Um, you know, I'm also there. So, but yeah. So those three ways you can connect with me. We'll be more than happy to talk to you and have a have a quick consultation call and understanding where you're at and to see how we can help you move forward. For businesses, um, go. You can go to coastwriters.co and it says join a program on our navigation. And you'll find where we have, we're in over 100 cities across the nation, and uh, you'll find one you know near you. If there isn't one near you, just put in there looking for one near you. And we work very diligently to find a a, a leader in that community to to start a co-starters program. Actually, we've started a few co-starters because the entrepreneurs uh, or wanting to start or the, the the idea makers were like, hey, we need something like this in our community. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would love to have you back here because it's one topic we didn't cover today, uh, but I think it's so important that we will do in our next uh, podcast with you, which is the role of creatives in driving economic development. Mm -hmm. I know that's something you're really passionate about. So uh, we'll save that just to bring you back. Uh, but uh, but this is fantastic. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of co-starters. A lot of our communities use co-starters and I've only heard raving reviews about the impact that co-starters makes in community. So really grateful for your time today, Jose. We're going to uh, add a lot of links to the show notes so people can find everything you shared about today, your LinkedIn profile, the co-starters website, et cetera. Um, and uh, we look forward to having you back. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. I like, I, I, yeah, that's going to be a great conversation with the creative. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for the next car drive, the yeah. way back home, the next, <laughs> the return leg. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Breaking Down Barriers, a podcast about entrepreneurship-led economic development. Special thanks to our renowned guests for joining us. You can find show notes, more episodes, send us ideas, and subscribe to our newsletter on our website, economicimpactcatalyst.com. Breaking Down Barriers is a presentation of Economic Impact Catalyst and is edited by Lauren Bernard. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Breaking Down Barriers, available for free wherever you listen to your podcasts.